what happens when a room full of expats living in Japan during COVID get together with audio recording equipment? You get a podcast called Bread. This is Bread. This episode is called Bread the Second, Lau and Robin Chart the Stars. Before we jump in, just a little note about the audio quality itself. This was one of the earlier episodes that we made, and um, podcasting is still new to me. I'm still trying to figure out all the audio technical stuff, and as a result, I'm actually throwing away a lot of really nice quality conversations and episodes and things, but I just couldn't do it with this one. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a really good conversation, so um, if poor audio quality is going to bother you, I mean, listen to it first. If you don't like it, though, skip it. <laughs> but I had to keep it. It was a really super cool conversation with this guy, Robin, um, who joined me in Laos. And um, but like, yeah, the, the heater cuts on and off. At certain times, you hear this like, like the, the mic picks it up. I don't mind it. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's different. Anyway, um, Robin is an artist. And he's also super into astronomy. And I was downstairs at our share house talking to somebody about Fermi's Paradox. And then Robin chimes in. And that's how we got the idea for this to do this podcast episode. You know, he was like, oh, yeah, actually, I look up uh, astronomy stuff all the time. <laughs> you know, he's an amateur. He's not a professional uh, astronomer. But um, he was very authoritative throughout the conversation and stuff. And um I'm probably going to have him on at one point in the future again. We're going to plug his comic that he's writing and drawing, which is also super cool. Steampunkish, medieval, Bronze Age thing about Vikings and shit. <laughs> Robin's cool. Okay, so that's it. Um, as for the topics themselves we talk about, we talked about aliens today, the moon, Ancient Civilizations, Fermi Paradox, The Oxidation of Planets, The Northern Lights, Proxima B, and whether we could colonize Proxima B, and how can humans avoid mass extinction? Okay, now that I've said all that without turning my tongue into a pretzel, huh, let's enjoy the episode. Hope you like it. Bread the Second, Lau and Robin Chart the Stars, Part 1. Why don't I get you a chair? Yeah. And that way, because you don't project as much as I do. I could no. stand or something too. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. You and me gonna talk about uh, space stuff? We all are. Space stuff. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, so. Space stuff is interesting. Yeah. What topics do you think of? Mm. Actually, stuff. right now, I'm, I'm more. Mm, I'm more prag pragmatical. I think we should finish ev everything on Earth before we turn space-wise. <laughs> no? Stephen Hawking said that we should find a way to leave Earth. Um, leave Earth? Exodus. Uh, yeah, we should find a different place to live before it's too late. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because yeah, suddenly then, one day it's going to be too Then late. the question is when that they will come. I knew you were going to ask that because you know me oh shit here we go <laughs> I, I literally almost did a parody of you so the question is when and you beat me to it <laughs> right because like I've heard I've read some conspiracy theories that NASA is basically just money is a big money laundering pro program and there's a song by what's try to it, speak this there's, there's a song by a Norwegian band I think their, their name is AHA Minor Earth, Major Sky. If you've heard it, it's like, it goes like, Minor Earth, Major Sky. Yeah, the aha is not quite my cup of tea, so to speak. Okay, and that song is pretty much how we, Minor Earth, we put less focus on the Earth and we just space-bound, which I, as a pragmatist, I disagree with. Point. Is it but... on? Oh, great. But you, so you said though that you were interested in astronomy um, as a sort of something to look at, I guess, as an artist, right? More than a. Yeah, that's right. From a science point of view, or. Yeah. I started, uh, started being interested in astronomy when I was a kid. 
Mm. I'm reading about uh, you know the closest stars, uh, the closest which galaxy, is? which is uh, Alpha Centauri system. Alpha Centauri, right, right, right. And by extension, Proxima. Proxima. It's a little red dwarf star. Oh. Right. Which uh, may actually have a habitable planet uh, in orbit. May. Maybe. Yeah, there are a couple of problems with Proxima B. The first thing is that it's a red dwarf star. So it's very active. Which means that the surface of uh, the planet Proxima B would probably be heavily irradiated. How far are we in, in light years from Proxima B? Uh, Proxima B is a little bit under four, year light, four light years away. Mm. So that's... 38 trillion kilometers, if I remember correctly. Right. It's not bad. Mm. Four years? Four years. <laughs> in the speed of light? Damn. Four years on a fucking spaceship. Yeah, Damn, bro. Damn, bro. A lot of these um, sci-fi books, they have the main character falling asleep or getting into cryostasis. Oh. And they wake up. That would be a solution. Yeah. Um, right. Maybe. Uh, if I remember reading about it, is if we can, if we can emulate the the uh, when when animals sleep at winter. Hi the hibernation. Hibernation. If we can manage to uh, sort of implant that to humans, so we can do it over over a period of several years. Yes. But uh, one thing to remember with cryo, actually freezing people, is that you're basically killing them. Oh. And then, through the magic of science... You resuscitate them. Yeah, but you're still killing them. So that's a... Uh, Risk. Uh, yeah, just, just taste uh, taste that fact. Yeah, that, that's fine with me, as long as it works, right? Well, yeah, but as soon as you're dead, things start decaying. That's, so why, yeah, that's, that's, that's why you're frozen? Because then, like, yeah, when you keep stuff in the fridge, it doesn't go bad? Even in frozen condition. Uh, stuff the case. Yeah. Mm. And crystals forms in the in the tissue. Mm. And that causes damages. That's a, the whole thing with cryo is a major technical, technical uh, uh, obstacle. Could mm. they, like, put shit in your blood to make it stop freezing? There have been an idea about uh, having nanobots. When that technology it comes available. Oh, yo, that was on Star Trek. Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> That's okay. So yeah, maybe if we could have like nano nanobots in the in the tissue and in the blood mm. and stop that decay, but still, it's quite an obstacle. Right. You said there was radiation. On the... That's why there was no life, or that's why it might not be habitable. We don't know. We don't have the technology. We don't have the proper, strong enough telescope to observe Proxima B correctly. We think it's there. We can see an effect of it, but we can't observe no. the surface directly. Right. But uh, the problem is that it's a very active star and it's a very small star, which means that the planet, if it's going to be close to it, which means first of all it's going to get heavier radiation, and second. It could be tidally locked. Tidally locked? Yeah. Okay. So... That, that's basically the same as moving to oh, work. Right. Tidally? Yeah, tidally locked. From the water? From the tide in the ocean? Uh, no, not, not like that. It's like when one surface constantly faces uh, the star. Oh. Mm -hmm. So that means one, one, uh, one side of the planet is constantly bombarded by sunlight, and one is oh. constantly night. The moon is like that? Yeah. The moon is I, tightly locked I to Earth. I didn't know that. That's why we only see... That's that why we have talk about the dark side of the moon, the moon and yeah. stuff like that. Because we only see one surface. Didn't they find frozen water on Mars recently? Yeah, they did. In And in the polar caps, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so that's rad. There's also... Huh, uh, you know about the the, meteor, the meteorite that was found in Antarctica in 1996? No. It contained uh, something that looked like a fossil. 
this was a Martian uh, meteorite. Oh shit. But again, it's it's never aliens until it's aliens. There was uh, argued that, that this could be a natural uh, formation. Phen phenomenon, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, do you believe that there are aliens? Ah, sorry, that's a broad question. Do that's you believe we have evidence of aliens? That's actually why we booked how we booked him, by the way. We were talking about Fermi's Paradox. Oh, Fermi's Paradox, yeah. and, then, and then he was like, oh, by the way, I like astronomy. <laughs> Care to repeat? So, do you believe oh we have God, a we evidence of, of aliens? Do I believe that we have been missed by it? Yes. No, I no. don't. Hmm. Uh, do you know about the, the the concept of ancient aliens? No. Uh, it's a concept. Uh, so so pseudo scientific. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Is do that the one where there's? Uh, let me. You you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Ask. Well, is that the one where there was like a civilization before Egypt, and then there's that nutty guy who's like, oh yeah, there was the Atlantis and all those other. Graham Hancock. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Uh, Ancient aliens. No, but do you do you know Graham Han Hancock? No. Okay, he's a. I don't want to call him pseudoscience. He's a. Uh, I thought of him when you said pseudoscience. Scientific rev rev revisionist, if you've heard that term. He just tries to rewrite his history uh, according to new scientific facts. Oh yeah. He's, uh, yeah. Damn it! I had something with this. He's a visionist. Revis revisionist? Yes. No. It's, uh, he... Yeah, I, I get it. Do you believe in the ancient aliens uh, theory? No, okay. I kind of I kind of want to believe it because I find the idea very fascinating. But if I'm going to be honest, no, I don't really believe it. What about the ancient civilizations theory? Yeah, may could be. Uh, we have lost a lot of information. Yes. Maybe with the with the flood. If you yeah, know about yeah. the, the the flood, yeah. I I think the one with the one with the the, the black sea, right? I um, or the one with. I think the major one, which pretty much the Semitic, wiped out. It's a Semitic um story. It's a fable. Yeah, the. The Bible one, yes, but there have there has been ev ev evidence like um, for for example, Graham Hancock uh, talked about. It. I'm not sure where, somewhere in America, right? They f they found huge rock boulders like on a flat plain in the middle of nowhere, right? And there's only one way that those rocks could have gotten there because they don't come out of the earth by themselves that would defy the laws of geography so he theorizes that they were brought in with i think either on a massive ice sheet or with the huge flood that ha happened hmm. but uh where is this uh... where is this good question i've seen it on, on a joe rogan podcast where is this uh i will have to get back to you uh, because if 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 ice sheet brought them there that's gonna mean that they've been there a long time the last ice time, uh, last ice age didn't reach that far, so it was stopped in Europe. Oh, so probably since then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it's further south than like France, ish, uh, it's gonna mean that you're gonna have to go even further back, and that's probably starts talking about several millions years. Uh, okay, and probably not several millions of years. No, no, I'm starting to think about snowball Earth, but that's probably a little bit too far. No, I'm thinking like ten thousand years back, twenty thousand years back. Let's let's get back to it if you if you remember. Or if see. I get the yeah latitude. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, and when it comes to the ancient uh, uh, civilization, mm -hmm. maybe. Maybe, maybe. Okay. Kind of, kind of want to believe. Hmm. But uh, I want to see some facts. Right, right. Then I would send you the Graham Hancock pod podcast. Yeah. That thing is fucking amazing and worth uh, listen. Yeah, please do. With Joe, you 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 know Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay. I know him. Great, great. 
It's on YouTube too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's weird though about science is and like uh, proof with history is that like nothing's really proven, right? I mean, like like everything's like an inference past a certain point that you know when things were recorded. You know what's weird is that going forward, like World War One footage and stuff is gonna be maybe even called into further question when people are like, oh well, like we don't even know what what is a deep fake and you know. Oh yeah, with the deep fakes. But like, yeah, a lot of the I think a lot of the time people are just stringing like inferences together. People don't really know. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, were you there? You know. <laughs> no, but I have a time machine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's 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 discuss the concept of history itself. How? Um, so I think. All of it is to a certain degree inferential, right? Because can you be certain about history? Can you be certain about specific time events? Because you weren't there and pretty much anything could happen. Like, if you guys can give me an example about something you could be certain of that actually happened with a zero degree of like um, uncertainty. Like something yesterday? That's history. Yes. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, but there's always a hmm. There's always that. There's always that small chance that I guess. I have a picture on my phone. You have a picture on your phone, and it's. And I'm not good enough with Photoshop to have it's date, produced date it myself. Two. You can prove that if right. you want. You know. So, do you I'll, think? Yeah. It's already yeah. really rigorous, though. <laughs> Just since we since we're in on proving, mm -hmm. what is your opinion about ancient aliens? I haven't done enough research on it. But I have listened to some podcasts about ancient civilizations. Ancient aliens. Um, I don't know, but I'm open-minded. Mind hmm. Castles buried in the sand dunes and shit. I don't know, man. I think, as I said, I kind of like the idea. I think it's a fascinating concept. <clears throat> but I don't think we should take the credit away from our ancestors when it comes to the achievements they made. Oh, right. No, no, no. Saying that, uh, saying, uh, saying that uh, you have ghosts here, all the ghosts. There's nothing there. Somebody's knocking. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey, Travis. Hi. Welcome. Just in a chill here. So, um... Yeah, where was I? I was talking about... Yeah, pyramids. Saying that uh, aliens build the pyramids, or aliens uh, build Stonehenge, or other major architectural achievements. Right. It's a little bit... Disingenuous. Disrespectful. Hmm. Stones were heavy. Those stones were heavy. Oh. But still. That only makes it more impressive. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Hmm. What is your opinion about the ancient aliens theory? I dude, all I know is that like all I know is that like Stonehenge, um I think they were probably looking at the sky all the time. They probably knew where all the stars were. Same thing with the pyramids. And there's culture that's long gone that we'll never know about. But I don't know. It's not like today where you look up and it's just cloudy and stuff and you can't see the stars. Like it's part. It was part of their universe and probably their religious system. And they, when you see nature and patterns and things line up like that, you, you're reasoning part of your brain's like like what's this pattern mean as shit and then you're like oh ooga booga we got to put these rocks into place and shit it just seems like it makes sense that they would have done done it on their own well the guys behind the uh, behind the construction of the of the hoover dam right if you know the who yeah right not personally no no, no. yes but so i think they i've read a quote somewhere where he made it aligned to a certain star pat pattern so he made what? like he he made some hoover dam points aligned to, to certain star pat, pat patterns i'm not sure about the details but mr hoover song 
I don't know, right? But his main purpose slash point of it was that if we are long gone and the and the dam re remains, some intelligent slash smart species will be able to prove our ex existence due to these alignments. The fuck? So that was his point when building the dams. What's your point? I'm not saying anything. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just throwing this on the plate. Well, the pyramid seems the pyramids seems to have been aligned according to stars. Right, and what's the most stable, like, ground-based structure? I think a square-based pyramid, right? No, like one. Topple. Topple. Yes. <laughs> just say. Say. Topple. Yes. Topple it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, I'm saying. Anyways. Hmm. Now I'm gonna go after the ancient aliens to here again. Combate. Combate. I gotta do this. I think it's unlikely that we have been visited by aliens. Unlikely? Mm. Yeah. It's, uh... For the same reason that I was discussing uh, Fermi paradox uh, with you the other day, uh, I think that life could be, or at least life as us, uh, as complicated could be, as us, yeah, an intelligence. Hmm. <laughs> could be really where in the universe? Right. There was the the oxidation uh, event where. Uh, where microorganisms started using photosynthesis. Right. And that's that was that created oxygen as a byproduct. Right. It was extremely toxic. Right. For all for the rest of the life. Uh, actually yes. Yeah. Oxygen you extremely heard of, you heard of it. Yes, yes, yes. It's extremely toxic. Yeah. But it's good energy source. It's good energy source. But without it uh, it's not Without it, we might not exist. Because that's why our respiratory system is built in such a delicate way that oxygen does not affect or does not touch the parts of the body which it would be harmful, but only the ones which like it needs to touch. It's mm -hmm. built in a very specific way as to not allow oxygen leaks into other place places yeah you know so possible. i can back that that up with like oxygen is actually pretty harm, harmful unless it's handled properly then it's useful so that's that's basically the point you were making the other day was yeah. that um the reason why there's no more why there might not be life on other planets is because they didn't get past that phase in their mm -hmm. development of their planet right where like when our stuff came out and they started spitting out all the oxygen somehow didn't kill everything here. Well, it almost did. <laughs> it was the first you, mass extinction. And you were talking about that other star that had radiation, right? Is that the same kind of situation? Proxima B. Mm. We have no idea. Until, oh, right. Until the James <clears throat> Webb telescope comes up, we don't know what's going on there, if the planets even have an atmosphere. Mm. As a, but unless Proxima B has like a really strong magnetic field, uh, it's likely that any atmosphere that was there has been stripped away by solar winds. All right, because the magnetic field serves as a protective yes. barrier. That's why you can see the northern lights, Borealis, yes. um, the with the poles here. That's the magnetic field that's yeah. being hit by rays from the sun. Oh, right. Can you see that from your hometown? No, I cannot. I have to <laughs> travel up north. How far? Last time I saw it, it was uh, in Tromsø. Is that? Yeah, I don't know it's, it it's it's a it's a city, Norwegian city, uh, on the northern coast. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you can see it from Hokkaido. Like that's north, but probably not as north as Nor Norway. I don't mm. think so. I mm. think it's too low. Too low, right? Yeah. I have heard of it being visible as as, as, south, as long south as Oslo, uh, but that's weird. That's that doesn't happen often. Hmm. That's like that's as if like something extremely like a solar flare or something happens. Then maybe. 
but Proxima B is also, could be, might be tightly locked, which also <laughs> just fries any atmosphere off, because one, one side will be baked, right. while the other will be freezing. So then the answer is to, no, the, the, the answer is just to inhabit the hospitable side, if we can, which would be the hot one. Uh, no. No. That will, that will fry us. But and but then we can't inhabit the cold one because that will freeze from freeze freeze us. But which that, one would that be will freeze to death? <laughs> which one would be better? Because in terms of energy management, to stave off the dangerous environmental effects. That would be the twilight zone. Twilight zone. Okay. Yeah, that would be. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna colonize the that moon now. We're talking about colonizing the moon. I don't know. No, no, no. Proxima B. Prox Proxima B. Yeah, well, it's yeah. the same situation, right? With the front and back? Yeah. Okay. Like the dark yeah. side and the light side, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Proxima B is a planet. And okay. Yeah, That's star. Okay. So yeah. the star is... The Earth is not baking the star. Uh, the moon is sunlight. It's Can you make an artificial environment? Do they know how to do that? I don't know. Like artificial environment, so with self-producing oxygen and stuff. A, a self-sustaining base on the moon can, can, are, are we at, the, at that stage yet the, the our moon yes self-sustaining base on the, on the moon i think it's technical possible technically possible <clears throat> but i don't know for sure mm. it's it's a big challenge though but if something happens that on a cosmic scale that that causes us to have to evacuate the earth yes uh, it's likely that uh, the moon is not going to be enough or, or Far enough away. Uh, say say that we discover like a, a stellar mass black hole right. on the collision course with our solar system. Right. If that happens, first thing that will happen is that it comes into the to the Kuiper belt, the other asteroid field, mm. and starts flinging asteroids in all directions. The black so, hole? I thought black hole sucks things in. They don't. Oh. It's just that they have a massive gravity. Uh, because they were made from a collapsed star, so you have all that matter. It's very dense. Sque yeah, mm. squeezed into an infinite small <clears throat> point. And anything can be a black hole. Earth can be a black hole too. If you took the Earth, all the mountains, all the oceans, all the all of us building cities, and just compressed everything down to a scale smaller than a coin. Oh, so we could be a black hole too. Yeah. If in, in if theory. we're as small as a coin. If everything, the whole Earth is pressed into... That's the, cal that's yeah. the calculation? Okay. Mm. Wow. Or something on that scale. Is it possible to be, for Earth to get squeezed into the size mm -hmm. of a coin? Here's the fun thing. No. <laughs> that is but fun. still, when we look at black holes and what's happening there, you see a whole star compressed in to a scale. In some cases, not bigger than a, than a coin. Right. It shouldn't be possible. Yeah. But yet, it happens. I think black holes form due to, um, if the star is big enough when it reaches the end of its life cycle, then it transforms into a black hole. If it's big enough, would that be correct? Yeah. But if it's too small, then it goes down the root yeah. of a white, white yes. dwarf. But That's if right. it's big enough, it goes into an, an explosion into a supernova and then if it's big enough then it becomes a black hole from the super supernova it's a, it's a conflict between the outgoing uh, the outgoing uh, explosion force and the gravity right. that's what's causing it to kind of collapse into itself and then to this infinite dense singularity right so it it, it isn't it don't suck things in but it, things fall towards it mm. they're attracted to yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dis, disproportional gravity field compared to its actual size causes that falling effect or sucking effect. Hmm. But say, say we discover something like that on a collision course with Earth hmm. or the solar system. First, we will be bombarded by asteroids and meteorites from the outer asteroid field. That will be bad enough. Right. But then it comes in, and say it hits Jupiter, drags Jupiter with it, comes into the inner solar system and ejects Earth. 
and the other small planets. Yo, do you, do you <laughs> just throw, throw us out, out in space. Oh, shit. And then we'll slowly die without any heat from the sun. Yep. Or we so could, that's one thing that could happen. We can also fall into the black hole. Could we somehow dig underground and survive off the heat of the inner core and build a self-sustaining community of it? Just, mm. a, just a small one. That's a really cool idea. Right? I mean, that would be the Maybe. Because mm. it's happened once or twice, I think, when we've been hit with ice ages. Earth just becomes like a floating ice ball. Yeah, snowball earth. Yeah, yeah, snow, snowball earth. And then there's like some form that survives like deep underground or something. Mm, yeah, maybe. We could, could probably do that then. Maybe. If, if earth continues to have a spinning core. Right. That heat consists, maybe. Yes, I would say it's possible. It depends on like the angle we get hit at, if it keeps spinning forever. Oh, I think the spinning's gonna stop. The spinning's gonna stop. Probably. Oh, because we spin because we're around the sun, right? Yeah. Or was it? But like, if there's My nothing to stop it, right? The, the, in space, like shit just keeps moving until something stops it. Yeah, it so if it's hit low. at the right angle and it just keeps spinning forever, it could happen. It's gonna take a long time, but it's probably gonna stop spinning at some point. But there's no friction. No, but eventually it'll stop, I think. I could be wrong. I haven't read that, I think. Well, well, first we we must discuss what actually makes it spin. So, do we know what actually makes the inner core spin? Well, I'm suggesting that it... it I, I guess that's true, but I'm suggesting, just so that we're clear, that, that the initial impact would just start a motion that would just keep going indefinitely. Right, right. But I, th I think the inner core is somehow... This is where I knew, I wish I knew more ge ge geography. I think it is affected by friction somehow. So does, so does the inner core spin? Now? Like, yes, yeah, separately it, yeah, from it the does. rest of the planet. It, it does, and what happens is, a, as a result of that spin, it generates heat, right? Heat and our magnetic field. Well, ac well, according to the very facts of that energy transfer uh, equation, then friction egg, egg exists. Because it. energy is being lost as heat. Mm -hmm. So we would probably have friction if we were flung far enough, and eventually it would stop spinning, right? Because Maybe. it's losing energy as in the form of heat so right Ev eventually that seems likely yes yeah or at least or at least it would stop creating its own energy while spinning but i guess it wouldn't generate necessarily generate any heat if it was just flipping around in space like if you if you took a pencil and you and you flung it and it went end over end forever it wouldn't generate its own heat would it well, because it's not doing anything. Ge generating heat is like I hit this, then I just I just generated heat, right? Right. Like a small amount of heat and like sound and en energy, but I lost like um, energy by m moving my arm. So the ge so the generation of heat itself requires something to be given in, in exchange for for the heat. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. So it could keep going forever, but it wouldn't. It but it wouldn't, wouldn't do anything. Do our, we're trying to find out if it would be hot under right. the earth, and it, it, even if it did keep going forever, it wouldn't be like generating, generating its own heat. heat and moving on its own accord. Right, right. I see what you mean now. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we could have like uh, like humanity splitting up if Earth gets flown out, get flown out of the system. One side tries to barrel down to the core. 10,000 years yeah. ago, our brothers and sisters dug into the earth and we have watched them from the distant stars. <laughs> yeah, and, and one side goes to... Waiting for them to re-emerge. <laughs> the other side, yeah, sitting on Proxima B and just watching <laughs> cousins fly out in space. We <laughs> told them to come, but they just wouldn't listen. Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. Geeks. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. We were born here. We will die here. That's what they said. Oh, they're gonna die, all right. Where, where is your god now? <laughs> <laughs> Puny mole people. Yeah. I think the one place that would be habitable, uh, if you're gonna escape the Earth and live on a star, 
in this case Proxima B not on the star on the planet obviously mm. would be the twilight zone that means this thin strip between the night and the day side right that would be a livable temperature it's the Korean demilitarized zone for temperature yeah the elemental DMZ so to speak elemental DMZ yeah so if we could go there and put up a habitat artificial habitat be the longest city ever yeah it really <laughs> would we like you ever see like my friend lived in what they call a shotgun house in Louisiana where um, you walk in the front door and then you go into the kitchen the bathroom, the bedroom, and out the back door. It's just like one long... It's just one strip. Like, if you want to go to your oh. friend's house, you got to go through the library. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... Yeah, that would be pretty much... Pretty, imagine if they have, like, different factions uh, emerging. So, <laughs> you have, like... You could have, like, a, like a Soviet one and a American one. Right so, next to each other. You want to go through here? You want to visit France? Oh, you're going to give us, huh? You know, have people play, like funny. collecting tolls and shit yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be. That would be fun. <clears throat> but like, well, we're talking about that, and and then I start thinking about what's that movie where they bring they bring um, potatoes up to the planet and start growing it, and then and then the guys like trying to what's the word terraform the yeah. moon? I forget the name of the movie. Uh, moon are you talking about the moon but you know it's just a like terraforming is an interesting concept right because now we're talking about living on another planet where there might not be any oxygen you're not talking about the martian movie i don't know dude i think it was like kind of sounds like it i don't know it was the moon or mars was it interstellar it oh interstellar is that the one that's he had like a like a tent and he was like like digging a bunch of plants into the soil and he had artificial no, light and shit. And that was... sounds like the Martian. Okay, I don't know. Dude. Uh, how was it? Some some uh, disaster happens. They think he's dead. They leave him. Uh, he's not dead. Goes back to the base and finds that I have abandoned him. Gets I think angry. that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the Martian. Uh, Very good movie. What do you ha have you read about terraforming at all? I read a little bit. But obviously, no expert. Hmm. What do you think about terraforming? Terraforming the moon or terraforming a different planet? I know, I keep confusing the two. Um, answer whichever one you want. Well, I think yeah, terraforming a different planet would be most worthwhile. Seeing as if we're going to evacuate the moon, it's probably not going to be far enough. Right. Um... It might be the only option we have. Stephen Hawking said that uh, if we don't find a way to colonize other planets, we are gonna die. And uh, I think that's I think that's right. If we stay on Earth and just not go out in space and not colonize, we are gonna die sooner or later. Yes, that is, that is true, as long as you want to continue the survival of the human species. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you don't want to continue the survival of the species. I'm, a, I'm indifferent. I'm, mm. I know that uh, humanity has its... Ups and downs. Flaws, yeah. But... Uh, as tempted as I am... To take the misanthropic route here and just go, you know, fuck everything, just let, let's just party till we all die. Yeah. I am gonna say that we should probably conserve or at least make an effort to save ourselves. For future gen generations. You care about the future generations. I don't really care about it because I'm gonna be dead. But so then why not just drink and party? Really tempting me now. <laughs> It's the principle of the thing, I guess. Hangovers suck too, by the way. Mm. I mean, unless you're gonna drink and then shoot yourself. Because mm. if if we, I'll play devil's advocate here. If we if we won't be here, why should we give a shit? Give me one good reason. <laughs> I'm not hearing anything. <laughs> 
I just love I, lo I just love the devilish smile you have right now. Yep. <laughs> oh. Okay. No. I don't know. Uh, we're programmed to reproduce, so our programming says that we should reproduce. And uh, yes, we have cognition to fight our programming, yeah. as we were talking about before mm. we started recording. But um, that's a reason. It's the best I've got right now. It's it's. I've been going with a natural argument all night, and I might as well stick to my guns here. We should propagate the human species because it's natural to do so and because it's in our instincts. Yeah, sex feels good, so do it. What about the, the, the childless couples who do not have children by virtue that they are in a fertile, but, but just because they don't want children? Are they wrong? Uh, I, they no, there's enough kids. Would be, uh, oh, there's so many right. we should colonize right now because we're running out of space. Right, it's a question about stable population, right? Oh, yeah, you are yeah, right. Uh, yeah, there you have a reason, actually. Hmm? There, there you have a reason to get some more fucking room here. It's get getting crowded. Room, yeah. I don't believe in the theory that we can exponentially grow as a human species. I think we can reach a cap and that's, that's it. That I agree to. I disagree completely. Oh. Infinite growth is unsustainable. We are going to well, What kind of growth? Do you mean like... In terms of population only, or in general? Population, uh, energy... Genetics. The demands, genetics. That's, well, what if, there's a, what if there's a separate planet that gets colonized? Genetics are going to change. They're, they're going to split off. You're going to have mutations over thousands of years, and, and people are going to change. Mm, that's, you're going to have completely different cultures. And the, part of the problem, I think, is the globalism of, of, of this world that's happening right now. Everything's becoming one kind of mashed potato blob. Of course, we're going to hit a cap that way. We need to split off. But, I mean, unless you're just talking about numbers. If you're talking about numbers, it's different, right? Yeah. But culturally, and, and, and I think in terms of, like, I think everything that makes us beautiful to be alive and we exist. We need to split off culturally as, yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. Maybe Stephen Hawking was right. Given the immense distances, I definitely agree that uh, as soon as we start calling a other. And I don't think that light speed is possible. Mm. It's just the technical side of it. It's I can ride my bike really fast. <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you reach? Uh, like I was, I was competing with a truck today. Okay. Mm. Can you cover thirty-eight uh, trillion uh, kilometers in less than four years? I don't know. Probably. I don't know what huh. that. You know. Um, One time I rode my bike all the way across Tokyo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tokyo is a big city. So it's really big. <clears throat> I had some water to keep me going, you know. Some yes. electrolytes too. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But until until uh, until the bike uh, bike theory is proved, <laughs> I stick to my <laughs> points. What do you think about this meme? Mm -hmm. You're the problem with being faster than light is that you can only live in darkness. Then there's an edgy kid. <laughs> is he an edgy kid? Was he? <laughs> so, yeah. Can only live in darkness. <laughs> problem being faster than light is that you're probably not going to get many dates. Dates. Or lasting uh, relationships. <laughs> Yes, well, technically Many speaking. second dates, right? <laughs> mm, I don't know. Maybe one sec. No, not even one second. A, m a million part of a second, maybe. No, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't mean second in terms of time. I mean, like you get the first date, and then you don't get the second. Oh yeah, yeah, date. yeah, that, yeah. I agree. What are the chances that a huge cataclysm will happen that will wipe us out? And therefore, that we should colonize seven point three percent another planet as soon as possible. Are 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 they so big that we have to do some something now, or should we focus on? Yeah, go ahead. Well, ignoring uh, the obvious effects of overpopulation, which we can. Let's ignore that one for now and okay. focus on the cosmic stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, first of all, we don't know what's in, out there. We could have a stellar mass black hole on the collision course with us. That's one thing. Right. As mentioned, we have a star, a uh, pretty big one, called VR. 
104, if I remember correctly. Mm. That's gonna go supernova, and that's Can you it's a wolf. It's a wolf raid star. It's gonna. Oh, it's like 10 years since I read about it. When it goes, mm. it's gonna. It's a strong chance that it might shoot out a focused gamma ray burst from its poles. What does that mean? Uh, that means that the star, when it dies, will shoot out its energy in from in form of a gamma ray burst out from its poles. Right. So you can imagine you can imagine like a spindle. You know what I mean? Like. Shh. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's the fun thing. One of the star's poles is directed as at us. Oh boy. And it's it's close. I don't remember how close exactly, but it's close enough that it's gonna cross. It could blow our atmosphere right off. Within my lifetime? Or Possibly. What? Oh shit. We don't know. Oh, we don't know. Uh, as many other things, with Cosmos, it's hard to know exactly because of the distances. Right, right. But uh, if the pole is directed in our direction. So that's something that can happen. Is it like a wobbling pole situation where it just it's random or it's just that we don't know which way it's pointing? No, it's pointing at us. We know that. Okay. We can see it. That we can see. So then when you say it depends whether it's pointing at us at that moment, is that because it moves around? There have been some discussions about it, if it's going to hit us or not, because the solar system is also moving. So if it goes up, it goes up now, we're fucked. But over time it might shift so that's that's one thing that could happen that's one thing mm. that when we can't do anything about it this star is like several thousands of years give me something away. we can do something about <laughs> in cosmic scale <laughs> yes no well at at, at, the, at the moment we, no we can no, do I... something about old population for the sake of a thought experiment, let's take a disaster that we can change. Is that what you mean? No. So, like, I'm calculating and weighing up the benefits of okay, ignoring the space stuff and just focusing on Earth. Like, will it be worth it? Is there anything we can avoid in the near future, future, or would it be more worth resource-wise to fix up Earth, so to speak? Something that will happen on Earth. No. Like. Like is, it's an old car, is it worth fixing? <laughs> no, is it more worth it to fix up Earth now rather than to look look towards possible escape routes space-wise? Sooner or later we have to, have to leave anyway. But Sooner or later we, we, we have to leave, but which one is more eff efficient like right now? Should we be like, that's what I'm saying. Because we can't do much right now, right? We can't stop. Space-wise. So, yeah, yeah, no. So, should if, we, uh, yeah. if if uh, if an asteroid uh, similar to the one that killed off the dinosaurs, or at least helped killing them off, uh, comes against us, we can probably do something about that if we see it coming soon, uh, in good time. Probably. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's there's super volcanoes here. We could possibly do something about that stop them from going off or at least stop them from killing us are we doing anything about yep. those those two things right now no but could in theory be possible this is why we need dictators and monarchs because they're in power long enough to make long-term decisions they're not worried about getting re-elected so the top guys don't just don't don't give a shit the top brass guys they don't give a shit i don't know about that i hate politics <laughs> Fair, fair enough. When I have old eyes, just look at, okay, who was this hypocritical dex is going to do the least amount of damage. <laughs> That's one way to put, it, to put it, yeah. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on this? If we could uh, realize that you probably already made that clear that <laughs> we deserve to die, but... My thoughts on yeah on this on the scenario on the scenario that you on this on the scenario that whether we should, we should try focus to. on Earth or just well wars ending all useless wars and by useless war I mean pretty much every single war 
would be a good start so we could redirect funds to the aforementioned pro pro uh, pro problems so hmm. yeah if, if those money that was used by defense budgets and so on the defense budget you have no idea how big it is I actually do you do okay good good and uh, no I don't actually I, I guess I only had like a one percent of it because uh, probably a lot of those numbers is secret yes manipulated uh, if those money were used to to fund science finding a way to 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 colonize or terraform other worlds that we can live there yeah that will absolutely be good there's a meme that uh, I showed to my rel religious education teacher when I was in year nine that I thought was pretty cool. It's just like um, it's in space and two aliens are in a spaceship and they're looking for this for their spaceship window towards Earth, right? And then they say, oh, look, we found uh, another intelligent species, right? Let's go on in investigate. <clears throat> one says to the other, right? But then the other one says, "Oh no, I don't think it's so intelligent. It it, it has, they have their rockets pointed at them, at them, at themselves." All right, so we're gonna leave it there for now. In part two of our conversation, we talk about the Trappist star system, non-carbon-based life forms. Super cool, by the way. <laughs> um, Carl Sagan and Jupiter jellyfish reincarnation and life after death, the pineal gland, and a telescope the size of an actual planet. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Looking forward to it. See you then. It's crusty, flaky, and filling. When it's French, it gets hard fast. It's the greatest thing since it itself was sliced. This is bread. Welcome to bread.